Amber, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking Jägermeister mixed with peach Red Bull. That sounds like it'll keep you up all night. It could. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we'll find out. We will. What are you drinking today, Amanda? I have some cucumber lime Svetka vodka with 7-Up. Svetka vodka. That's like the best spa want to get away while you're at home drink ever. Yeah, that cucumber lime is refreshing. It really is. It's becoming my go-to. I like to get that from Sonic. Hey, the cucumber lime lime Gatorade, that flavor on a hot, 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 hot day. Yeah, I love it. Amber (laughs) appears to not like it, but I like the cucumber lime. I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Reminds me of San Diego. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't do it. Anyway, welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell, and we are here to tell them. We have found that being a service member can be easy, but being a veteran is very hard. In this episode, we are talking to Michael Doss. He served in the United States Navy from 2007 to 2010 and was a deckhand undesignated seaman. Oh, the recruiter talked you into that one, huh? How how are you doing today, Michael? I'm doing good. Doing good. And what are you drinking? I have Shiner Holiday Cheer. Yeah. Cheers to Shiner. Texas. Texas. Y'all can't see this, but he has his Shiner in a Bucky's koozie. Yay, Bucky's. You're our second guest on this podcast to represent Bucky's. Of course. Maybe, maybe we can get a Svetka and a Bucky's sponsor. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> Michael, where are you from? And can you tell us how your journey started? Uh, I'm from Texas. And how my cheers journey started. Texas. Yes, cheers to Texas. Yes. You're going to need another uh, drink, Michael. Originally from Texas, I was taken home two days after I was born by my adopted parents. To this day, I still don't know who my biological parents are. Nobody believes that I'm adopted because me and my mom look exactly alike. That's crazy. When I graduated high school in 06, the original plan was to take that fall semester as a break and then sign up for the college classes in the spring. Well, during my little break, get a call one morning. Hey, this is Petty Officer So-and-so with the United States Navy. You ever thought about joining the military? And at the time, I wanted to be a firefighter and paramedic. And I had a couple of friends that who were already in or who had been in, and they told me that everybody's on a ship is firefighter trained and qualified, and the corpsman is a good medic program. I told the recruiter, I said, yeah, I've been thinking about wanting to be a firefighter paramedic, and I heard the medical program is pretty decent, and everybody that's on a ship or and the Navy is firefighter trained. It's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> for the moment. I can, like, just hear the lines of bullshit he was feeding you. Because <laughs> it was, like, a random call. Hey. And he, you're telling him what you want. And he's just, here you go. Here you go. Let me give you these little <laughs> tell you whatever I need you to get you to come down to the office stuff. right now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You gave him that little, that little bit of information to uh, hook you in. Yeah, well thing was is I was originally supposed to be a corpsman that's why I went to core school got about halfway through and that's how I ended up being a deckhand I had three test failures and they sent me out to the big fleet they said that's it here you go yeah pretty much oh man they didn't do like any kind of remedial training or like set you back and push you forward anything like that Nah. no they just said what did you what did you get on your ASVAB? I got a 45. That's not bad. I'm just asking because, you know, I know that when people score super low on their ASVABs, like you don't even get choices no matter what branch you're in. You go in at undesignated or you go in as infantry oh, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, no, I got a 45 and my recruiter told me, he was like, hey, you got, at least you got that guaranteed score for your corpsman to be mm-hmm. a corpsman. That's really all I cared about at the time. Yeah, after that, you don't have to keep trying if you can qualify for what you want to get into. Right. Cheers to whatever ASVAB score you get. Cheers to the ASVAB. 
And sometimes it doesn't matter what you actually score on it. It matters like how you score on the different things because I scored a 65 and I was able to be an air traffic controller. And my cousin who just graduated boot camp last week, he scored higher than me, but he couldn't qualify to be an air traffic controller because his stuff didn't line up correctly. Like he didn't score high enough in the areas that he needed to to be an air traffic controller. So it's kind of interesting how that works. A lot of times, like, you know, you, they have that base number for your ASVAB, but then in addition to that, you have to score in the right places to be able to get the job that you want. I actually scored highest on my ASVAB. I actually scored the highest on the car shit. And I don't know shit about cars. <laughs> and I mean, and I mentioned it before when I did the ASVAB, I took the ASVAB to get out of class. I was I a sophomore too. in high school. I had no intentions of ever joining the military. So I went in to get out of classes. And I what I 97 is what I scored, but my highest was in the car stuff. That's why I'm, I an aptitude test. I'm an English person, like, and I hate math, but I'm really good at it. And those weren't even it was the car shit. I I guess I just chose right. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> was fucking guessing. <laughs> That's funny. We know that you were on the USS Cleveland. Did you have any other duty stations? Uh, no, it was just Great Lakes and then the Cleveland. That was it. And that's out of San Diego, correct? Yes, ma'am. 32nd Street. Good old 32nd Street. I look, can we just drink? Can we drink to San Diego? I don't want to drink to 32nd Street. I was there briefly, but. To San Diego. California, really? Come on. I'm just drinking to, I'd like to San Diego. It's a good time in San Diego. <laughs> what about drinking to the California burritos? How about that? Ooh, right. California burrito. Guacamole. You're special. Burritos from shady taco shops. They don't even have a name and nobody speaks English. You don't like those burritos? Oh, no, those are my favorite. Oh, they're my favorite too. The sketchier the taco shack, the better the burrito. Yes. For Very sure. Great. Did you have a favorite taco stand when you were in San Diego? Never. I mean, we just went wherever. The Roach Coach. The yes. Roach Coach. Oh, hey, a good burrito. God, holy shit. Or maybe we were just always hungover. I'm not really sure, but it was delicious. Probably a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Like the grease that like combined with the sour cream was the perfect combination uh, so good i want the roach coach tacos right now that Damn one it. and then the that one right there in imperial beach as you're going around the corner to the strand that one was good oh i know what you're talking about. i don't know the name of it i don't know it's in spanish i don't know the name of it either but we went there a lot oh and Probably some salt and pepper off. wings some salt and pepper wings oh, yeah the salted pepper oh. wings you never had the salted pepper wings no nah. From, oh my god was, that's why you don't like san diego you didn't experience the good food <laughs> it's okay it's okay you clearly did san diego wrong yeah, yeah probably that, that place in imperial beach that has the salted pepper wings those things are like the best I still, I still make a special trip there every time i visit san diego i haven't been back to san diego since i left in 2007 i just got back from san diego yeah. <laughs> a couple months ago Oh, don't be mean. I was you on a bring nothing. I was I on know, a you're on journey. journey. I was on a journey. Yes, I was only going to stay with COVID right now. It is so inexpensive to travel. No, so no. I well, I had to go to San Diego anyways. For, like I couldn't get out of that trip, but so I was like, well, if I have to be here anyways, I looked at hotels and I got beachside hotel in Imperial Beach for like seventy bucks a night. Like it was wow. so cheap and it, I've never seen them um, that cheap even like 10 years ago. So I was like, yeah. all right, guess I'm hanging out in San Diego for a couple of days. <laughs> like Whatever. it was, it was nice waking up every day and being there on the beach. Good times. So do you have an active duty story that you can share with us today? Dude, I have a lot. <laughs> there we go. We got some sea stories ready to go. Man, we can call it a sea story. I know, a sea story. So we ask other branches about sea stories, and they're all like, what's that? Right. What yeah. do you guys call them? And they're like, we don't call them anything. It's weird. They should have a name. Each branch should have a name for their fun stories. Exactly. Bust one out for oh. us, Michael. All right. Oh, second deployment. We had this kid check on board who was uh, deathly, 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 deathly afraid of ghosts. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Afraid of anything like that haunted related. I'm and pretty so, sure Cleveland was haunted too. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah, being commissioned back in during Vietnam, a lot of people got drafted that didn't want to go. You, some of the stories I heard, just people walking off the fantail at night just to get off and just to get out of there. But um, yeah, so we left, and I knew Halloween was right around the corner. I still had one of my buddies, Chip, who was going through a VBSS school. I messaged him. I was like, hey. Go to a party city, you know, some kind of costume store. Get me the uh, ghost face mask from Scream. So he did. This and, is uh, already so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so when we stopped in uh, Singapore, he met us there. As soon as he saw me, he gave me that mask. I was like, yes. So fast forward, this kid standing watch. And we had a lookout for whatever reason right above the pilot house. And so he's standing up there, and I had the engineer's coveralls on, the FRs, big baggy. I had ghost face. I had my mask on. I'm walking around up there. I'm like, where's this kid at? So I finally see him, and I'm standing there. And I'm standing, like, trying to make myself look big, and I'm standing there. It's like, is he ever going to see me? And I'm thinking about making a noise or something. He finally turns around and sees me, and he just gets like, oh, my God, there's a guy. <laughs> freaking out. Look <laughs> it. I booked, because I, I was like, I know with all that commotion, people are getting up there quick. <laughs> so my buddy, he was the uh, bosun's mate on watch. After after their uh, team got relieved, I'm at, I'm back in half lookout. He comes running across the flight deck. He was like, dude, that was priceless. He's like, <laughs> all, like the conning officer, the officer of the deck. He was like, even the skipper, because where that forward lookout is at, or, yeah, forward lookout, where they, where it was at was right above the captain's at sea cabin. <laughs> they, they're all pissed off. The captain came in there and said, said that he is to not stand watch ever again on that. <laughs> that is so fucking awesome. Oh, that is so typical <laughs> – amphibious navy right there (laughs) (laughs) oh man oh shoot let's see oh my 21st birthday we were actually in san diego we get off work i stayed behind because i had some extra duty to do go figure my buddy came like hey designated it's that undesignated extra duty to do absolutely well when you're the one out of like five that get to stay behind after the rest of the department posted for the day. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, my buddy, he's like, Hey, I need your truck keys. I was like, uh, okay. Give them my truck keys. Well, they come back, pick me up, not in my truck. So I'm like, what's going on? Before I get in the car, they blindfold me. Well, they get on the highway and my, best friend back home calls me tells me happy birthday he's like well, what are you doing i said well i'm sitting in the back seat of this car blindfold we're going down the highway. well no wait we're exiting off i'm just telling him where exactly i was like i know we're headed to the apartments and my buddies i know they're sitting up there like how the hell does he know this being blindfolded so they just start driving around the neighborhood to get me off track which they did and i told him i said look if i wake up in tijuana and I, <laughs> i'm missing a kidney i'm coming after y'all <laughs> Apartment was literally like it, a jump, hop, and skip away from Tijuana. Oh, I need to know what apartments were they? Crap, I can't even remember the name of them. Chula Vista. I feel like I probably lived in those apartments <laughs> in Chula Vista. Did you? Yes, live in I lived in. A, I, I lived in a house in Chula Vista and apartment. Yeah, I remember the house in Otay. Otay. Otay Mesa. Oh my god, that was such a pretty house. That wasn't. Well, okay, I like I said, I can't remember the name of the apartments, but. Say, that's the Walmart. Uh-huh. Street. Like that were the apartments. Was it the... Like, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. Walmart it was. And there was the a set... on H Street? Isn't that H Street? H, and like, if you're coming off the five or L, five? L Street. L. L. Oh, yeah, yeah. H Street was a little further up. Yeah. It was L Street and then whatever. Yeah, the apartments that were on L Street. And there was a 7-Eleven... I like, there was a over there. Complex. I lived like right down the street from the 7-Eleven in a little house. <laughs> we didn't call at the time. We called Chula Vista Chulawana. We uh-huh. I still call it that. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, because like I said, it's like five minutes right there from the border. And yeah, like you could see the lights from Tijuana from my from my house. Right. We called it Twinklewana because their power grid wasn't good enough to make them super bright, so it was always Twinklewana. Because <laughs> <laughs> it flickered. <laughs> So they got you off track. You're threatening them if you wound up without a kidney. Yeah, I, yeah. But eventually, we came back into at the apartments. They unblindfolded me and said they stringed my truck, tagged it, and I opened up the inside. And there's like little cock and ball confettis all. <laughs> this is how we get Happy those birthday. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then that night. We go out, and I didn't get tore up like everybody's supposed to on their 21st birthday, but apparently I got drunk enough that I forgot to close out my tab. Oh, no. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Went down the next day, got my card. I mean, they already closed it out, and all I did when I went to go pick up my card, I just had to sign the receipt, and I got my card back. That was it. Yeah. It was your 21st birthday, and you still had a tab? Yeah. What kind of friends were you hanging out with? Uh, deck department Back, friends. Right. But the next night, I was still wanting to party hardy. And I went to uh, Double Deuces downtown. I don't think I ever went there. I didn't, I didn't really go downtown a whole lot when I was in I did. It was either downtown or Mission Beach where it was like our spot me and my buddies went to. We just hopped back and forth between there for whatever reason. But Double Deuces, they I ended, they had me leave the bar, not because I was acting drunken fool, but they had a mechanical bull in there. And <laughs> I told that guy on the control, I was like, look, give it everything you got. You're like, I'm from Texas. I can ride a bull. <laughs> right? <laughs> so they had they wanted they asked me to leave because they didn't want me to see they didn't want to see me hurt myself because I can show everybody up in there. Into that bar, I've been and there. I went with I went with Savios. <laughs> oh God! Now, now, since you've been there, I'm pretty sure you could agree with me that it's totally bass backwards. Mm-hmm. Where they have, where the bar is at, they're playing country music, but where the mechanical bull was at, they're playing club music. Mm-hmm. Like, shouldn't it be? Yeah, switch around. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, think, it was but... a special kind of place. we went there after we left old town and went there so by the time we got there we were already in a happy place in a happy place i love (laughs) i miss old town i miss old town in the what's the coyote cafe Mm -hmm. yes and guadalajara yeah guadalajara you're like taking coyote cafe was where the lady you could watch her making the tortillas from oh house. yeah on the street and look in through the window watch her making the tortillas that is cool and Ca- casa guadalajara had everything mango that was delicious they had their margaritas their quesadillas their yeah it was delicious like chicken mango green chili situation i want to go back to san diego to visit I know. Every time I go, it's like a food tour. I'm a, like a foodie and I'm like, okay, we have to go here. We have to go here. We have to, I eat more when I'm in San Diego than I think like all year. It's crazy. Right. You can't get anything there in Texas, like nothing. And so shorten that story up. Night after my 21st, I end up blacking out. Somebody helps me to my truck because I woke up in my truck sitting in the driver's seat. First thing that went through my mind is how the hell did I get here? I'm like, wait. What time is it? Because the morning that I woke up, ship was going underway for like a day or two. Oh, no. Yeah, so I looked at my watch. Time stopped. I'm like, okay, battery's dead. Check the time on my phone. Phone's dead. Okay. Open up my truck door. Look at the time on my clock. Uh, yeah, ship's probably already out a couple miles in the bay. Oh, no. You missed ship's <gasps> Yep. Oh. You have oh, horrible my. friends. Like, every God. time you're telling me. Like, I, I went out by myself. See, that was the thing. I went out by myself. Oh, but, man. I w- but whenever I woke up in, in my truck, there was an envelope sitting on my dash. I was like, what the hell is this? So I picked it up, and whoever helped me left a note. Y'all, to this day, I can still remember word for word what that note says. 
Yo, drunk ass, trying to drive while blacked out. Not a good idea. Keys are with the gas cap. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Wow. And, 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 oh, my God. That, and I'm sure, as, as y'all both know, downtown San Diego was notorious for sailors getting mugged. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and I, DUI. I, I, Plus, and driving, like, all the one-way streets and shit, like, what the fuck? And you lived in Chula Vista? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And Chula Vista was notorious for having that DUI checkpoint. You could not go around. Oh, my God. How are you even alive right now? What the fuck? My guardian definitely taking care of So I have to ask a follow-up since your boat was underway. How'd that go when they got back? Well, the next morning, there's a, I think there was a couple of guys that were going ashore for some appointments. So I met them over at Point Loma and caught the uh, rib back to the ship. Mm. And day, I was getting some funny looks walking across the mess decks and like five o'clock shadows, civvies. Oh my God. Can I? Cheers to this has been the one of the best sea stories that we have heard so far. That amphibious navy right there. Fuck. It's a whole different breed of sailors. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah. I want to know how he's alive. <laughs> but I didn't like, I didn't drive when I when I passed out. I didn't drive. I woke up still in my truck in downtown San Diego in the parking garage that I parked at. Oh, so you didn't go anywhere. Okay. Yeah, no, I didn't go anywhere. You were going to. You were going was, to. Yeah, I was trying to. But. <laughs> okay. Someone intervened. It makes me feel, I feel a little bit better that. You, you didn't, didn't have to... a Liberty buddy that would like make sure that you got where you needed to go. That was only on deployment. Oh, see, it works really well when you're in San Diego too. Because <laughs> there's been a few ships movements I should have missed. <laughs> but I Well, did. okay. So I said I went out alone. But I did go out with one buddy that about, what was it? Probably, I think, like, see, we went out at 8 o'clock. About 10 o'clock, he was like, oh, look. it's like, let's go back. We're about to go on the way. I took him back to the barracks. And he was like, oh, you should go back to the apartment. I was like, no, I'm going to go back and try to work on. It was, there was there was uh, three girls that we were talking to. I was like, I'm going to try to work on. Like, I'm going to try to work on one of them in the group. <laughs> back there and they're they already bounced so I'm like well shit yeah and you ended up sleeping in your truck and missing ships movement <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh oh man be young again all right oh good stuff let's see that's really about it so I could go into some other ones but that might question might raise a few eyebrows and might raise a few questions <laughs> yeah we're not trying to get you in trouble <laughs> yeah, no. <nah. laughs> we gotta we gotta tell the you know the gray area sea stories, not the red sea stories. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we know that we all and like we could talk about San Diego forever because all three of us serve there. And so that that's a whole different ball game. But we do know that eventually every service member has to get out and they have to transition from being in the military to being a civilian. How was your transition? It was, I don't think it was that hard, really. Did you have TAPS class? No. Mm -mm. Oh, freaking cheers to not having TAPS class because apparently I didn't have it either, but apparently it sucks anyway if you do have it. Yeah, it doesn't really do much for you. Yeah, no, I didn't didn't have to go to TAPS class. Uh, Yeah, it was just on the 26th of August, I went to PSD and they handed me my DD-214. Here. Sign at the bottom. That was it, huh? And then we're done. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. Did you go back to Texas when you got out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what even kind of question is that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it took me a little while to get to Texas. Uh, it took me 10 years to get here. <laughs> but well, I'm not, not originally from here. Well, we're so. transplants. Not from California. No. Semi <laughs> worse for me. <laughs> um, and then what did you do when you got back to Texas? Well, 
I still wanted to chase that whole, you know, being a firefighter, paramedic thing. So went signed up for college classes, used my uh, GI Bill. And you didn't use the Hazelwood Act? No, I didn't. I should have, but I just I used the uh, post 9 11 because I wanted to get that BAH. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, that's what I used too, but I wonder if you still could use the Hazelwood because that's oh, yeah. only specific for that's specific Texas. for Texas veterans. I can't use yeah. it, but he could. Yeah, I could use that for college, buy property, buy a house. I could yeah. even get on. Texas is so veteran Good. friendly. Like they have so many great Dude. programs. San Antonio's Military City USA now. Yeah, yeah. We just recently learned that they moved all the Corman schools. Was it the Corman schools they moved to San Antonio? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So all the Corman's go to school in San Antonio now. Well, he probably, is that where you went to school? No. Or, I went, I, oh, so it was still in Great Lake then. Yeah. I graduated boot camp. They just kind of threw me across the train track. <laughs> They're like, you oh. get to go nowhere. Right. Yeah. Threw me across the train Straight to Chicago O'Hare and put uh, me on a plane. Sent me to meet you. I'm so glad. Yeah, right to the beach. Yes. Mm. One of the prettiest beaches I've ever been to. Yeah, Pensacola. So we, we oh. did our schooling in Pensacola, which was awesome. I still like to go back there. So would I. We should take a road trip. We should. Blaze is there right now. We can go visit him. Okay. Yeah. So you got out. You decided to go to college. Yeah, and... I'm a paramedic, EMT, firefighter. And with it being... Four years since I've been out of school or high school, I had to take remedial classes. And that just kind of turned me off from the whole thing. So, I paid a lot of money to remedial classes. Uh, <laughs> Math so, specifically. And that was it. I, and I was only taking two classes anyways. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I tried to, tried to sign up for classes in the spring semester, and I took a job as a uh, juvenile detention officer back in the county where I was living at. And I was trying to sign up for classes around that, around my work schedule and it just wasn't working. So I was like, eh, that can say, wait for later. Yeah. Did you ever go back to school? Nope. Not yet. Do you think you will? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the GI Bill money is worth it. Well, that well, see, that's another thing too. So I had two alcohol related incidents while I was in and with that second one, that was kind of like the big push to get me out because that's when the Navy started to become soft. Oh, yeah, that yeah. newer, kinder Navy. Yeah, 2010, screw all that. that. Like, I had six months left in my contract, and I'm like, just let me ride it out on shore duty. But So, with me getting a general under honorable conditions, I thought everything was, hey, hunky dory with my GI Bill. No, mm. I get a school or I get a letter from I think who was it? The school or the college I was going to. I got a letter from somebody saying that my GI Bill had been denied and I had to pay for my classes. I'm like, through that, I got like maybe seven hundred something dollars tuition set probably <laughs> off my credit now. Yeah, yeah, that's the GI Bill gets a little crazy sometimes. It does. It does. <laughs> And, like, I've asked a lot of people, I'm like, look, what's the difference between a general, under honorable, and an honorable? What, what, why would this cause me to not use my educational benefits? And nobody can give me a set answer. Actually, I have a uh, my really great friend. She's my best friend from the Navy. I've known her for 15 years, longer than Amanda. She got the same thing. I mean, they kicked her out, which she was didn't care that she was getting kicked out. But she had the same thing. And I think you might be able, I'd have to ask her, I think you can get it changed now. You can, you can't get an honorable after you're already out, but you can get it changed to just a general, not having that under whatever condition other than unhonorable. You can get it changed to just a GD. And if you get it changed to just a GD, I believe you can still, because she went to like, dental hygienist school or some shit she had to get hers changed we'll have to look into that if we can get some information but now see here's the kicker i get a letter every january from the va stating you know my time in service branch of service my disability 
percentage, and it shows my discharge discharge status as honorable. Hmm. So that's with the VA you are, but that D you need to get it changed on your DD two fourteen. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll have to. I'm gonna. I'll ask her, and I'll let you know. I mean, that makes a huge difference in some of the benefits that you can receive too. Yeah. Even if it's just a general discharge, but it's that extra stuff after it that I'm, I'm going to ask her. Cause I really think, cause she was, I mean, they kicked her out. She had anger problems. They kicked her ass out. They centered everything until she cussed out her chief and Ooh. basically said, fuck you. And I'm done doing this shit. And you're not going to tell me what the fuck to do. Insubordination. And I said, goodbye. Yeah. And that's after anger management classes. That's after everything. <laughs> like they tried. So, I will actually, I'll ask her and I will let you know if you are interested in getting that changed. Okay. Yeah. We'll see what we can do to help you out there. And so how are you doing now, Michael, that you're settled in and moved on with life? 10 years. See, two years ago, my world kind of flipped, got diagnosed with, uh, Bipolar 2, anxiety and depression. They're still trying to figure out if that's somehow service-related or not. But ever since then, things have been on the up and up. Are you using VA services to help you with your mental health journey? Yes. Is it like getting teeth pulled without Novocaine? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is it a long process? Yeah, but it's helped. Yeah. That's where I'm at, too. I started with the VA about six no, January. So it's been almost a year, but at the same time that COVID and everything started. So it's been a journey, mm-hmm. I guess Def- is the best way to, to put it. There's good days. There's bad days. There's confusing days. There's learning how to live your life completely differently. Yeah. So I get it. I know what you're going through for sure. And yeah, I, uh, I almost two, yeah, two years ago, like I said, it was, at the beginning of 2018, I almost became a statistic. I almost became part of the 22. Yeah. And then that was, yeah, January 2018, it wasn't, it took until October to finally get something done. Yeah, it's not quick. No. Not when you need it to be. No. And the thing that kills me is, you know, they say the VA is the best for the military, but yet it's the shit. Yeah. Putting our lives on the line. And, you know, we're coming back to the shittiest healthcare. Like, come on. Yeah, they need to do better. Yeah. We've had mixed reviews about the VA, too. Yeah. I know my experience hasn't been bad, but I didn't need their services. Like, it wasn't as critical for me to use their services when I started using them. It was, like, leading towards that way, but I wasn't there yet. So, and then I got really lucky to get a really good counselor right off the bat that, really advocated for me and the services that I needed. And so a lot of times too, I think it's that person that, that you first interact with and how well they're going to like advocate for you. And he really did a good job at teaching me what I needed to do and who I needed to talk to and what departments I needed to go to. So I wasn't chasing myself in circles trying to figure it out. But if you don't get that really good counselor that is really invested in in what you're doing, then it's so hard to get anything done there. Yeah. And then I know I went through two where like he was really good, but he had a nurse practitioner call me cause he can't prescribe any medications or anything like that. So, cause he's just a, it's a psychologist, right. That can talk to you, but can't prescribe and a psychiatrist. Right. Psychiatry can prescribe psychology. Right. Psychologists can't, they can just recommend. Mm-hmm. So he was a psychologist. And so a nurse practitioner had to prescribe any meds that my psychologist thought that I might need. And so she called me and she was just like, which ones do you want? And that threw me off. Cause I was like, I don't know. You're the right. professional. Like I, I'm barely waking up today. <laughs> like I don't know what kind of drugs I should be. <laughs> so thankfully I was able to, to let my psychologist know. And he got me in touch with a, a better nurse practitioner there. So like I said, my success story at the VA is, only good because I was lucky enough to get that one person that really cared about what was going on and not everybody right. did that. Yeah. Like I said, you know, in October is what it took to get the ball rolling. I, uh, the ex-wife at the time we were married, she actually admitted me to uh, Audie Murphy in San Antonio to the psych ward there. And that, like I said, that's what got the ball really going. 
Yeah. And after that, I sat, I see, that was October following month. I had my first appointment with my counselor and I stuck with her all the way up until last August, I want to say. I think she, yeah, she took leave for uh, maternity. Yeah. So then you had to switch it out. Actually, I haven't been back since. Oh, okay. Because she was still doing appointments, but they were that by uh, telehealth or whatever. We would keep scheduling appointments, but I would never get the emails to like set up. Oh, yeah. And I downloaded the app and all that and still kind of, I was like, you know what, whatever. Yeah, it gets complicated sometimes. That was last year and I've been fine since. Yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear that. So if you had any advice for your fellow service members that are getting out to either be veterans or that have been veterans for a while and are trying to still find their way, what would that advice be? For the ones who are about to get out and transition, I don't know what kind of advice I'd give them. Do you have something that like you wish you would have had? Because I mean, you were, you were kicked out. I mean, you had six months left. Is there anything that you wish that you knew before you got out? Not really. No. Okay, so then let me ask you this. Had you not been kicked out, would you have stayed in? Oh, I probably would have finished out my contract. Like I said, 2010, that's when it was starting to soften up. And knowing me and the way I am, I probably, if I would have stayed in and enlisted, I probably would have gotten out before my reenlistment was over. It wasn't by choice either. Yeah, it's it's definitely turned into a newer, softer generation of. Oh, it, it has. Like, so what do you? Oh no, what I was gonna say was, uh, me and my son's mom. That's how we met. Is we were both in the military. She, she, we were both Navy. Cheers to right. dual military marriages that didn't fucking work out. Cheers. Damn. Well, it worked for almost five years. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. It's about five years. She was a corpsman. She was an x-ray tech and she got stationed at the VA in Great Lakes. And she would all, you know, she would go from the VA over to the boot camp to kind of help them shoot x-rays over there. But I remember one day I had to go on base for something. I was driving past where boot camp is. There's a a division out marching. I just looked over and and they're wearing backpacks. So I texted her. I said, when in the hell did they get backpacks? Because when I was in, all I had was that little guard belt. And then they had their own camelback water bottles. What? We had those, like, skanky old canteens that, like, every other person had used. Exactly. And you you didn't have the same one that you got from day one. I guarantee you, you had some. You probably went through five of them by the time you graduated. Yeah. 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 And you don't know where it came from, and all they did was dip it in that solution and pass it off. Right. Yeah, so I was like, when do they get backpacks? When do they get camelback, wa- you know, camelback water bottles? And I can understand that, you know, having your own water bottle. But I'm talking about there's people with pink ones, purple ones, blue ones, green oh ones. Oh, my God. What, what happened to uniformity? Yeah. Oh, that breaks my heart. Exactly, yeah. Hey, we're still the greatest Navy in the world. We're still the greatest Navy in the world. Damn it. Yes, we are. Uh, medical. My baby mama, she was telling me this when she was working. Up. It was like, so you remember how we had to sit on that cold-ass floor? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. We have to sit on benches in there now. I was like, are you fucking serious? Last I heard is that they have freaking iPads now. Yeah. It blows my mind, the technology they have there now. Like, the barracks that I lived in in boot camp like don't even exist anymore. They tore them. The, my, neither do mine. They just. I mean, yours out. probably yours probably don't either. Mm, no, no. I was in one of the newer ones. I was in uh, ship ten. I was thirteen. The old I don't thirteen remember which with one the I broken windows. <laughs> and oh, I know I was in the old. And one. the asbestos. <laughs> Uh, my cousin just graduated and what did he tell oh he was like the food there was good and i was like yes yes they're known that galley the the galley at great lakes is known to have some of the better military food their 
there. I don't remember it being good. rating of food. Like, I don't remember it being good. Y'all, let me tell you something. (laughs) Let me tell y'all something. Still in P days, all right? Still in P days. When you're standing in the chow line and you're still sitting there like, what the fuck did I get myself into? Like, what the hell's going on? I walk up to the serving line and I see biscuits and gravy. And I'm like, oh, yes. Sit down excited, excited to have some biscuits and gravy. Took one bite. It tasted like absolute shit. (laughs) Oh, don't tell me Great Lakes. Yeah, but coming from Texas, you know, coming from Texas, everything's going to not taste as good outside of Texas. I have learned. I didn't come from Texas Texas, and it was not good. (laughs) I don't even remember. I mean, I really don't. Yeah, no. Really it, remember hearing P days. I haven't heard P days in so long. I know. Good old P days in your Smurfs. I wonder if they still have to wear Smurfs. Yeah. Probably not. Huh? Oh no, I think they still get those. They probably get to bring their own sweatpants and hoodies from home in orange and pink and blue. They don't have to cut their hair anymore either. Oh, that pisses me off. Are you serious? I have yeah, to show my I just watched the virtual graduation, you know, because I couldn't go up there for my cousin's graduation. And so they all had long hair, like up in buns and stuff. Like they did not have to cut their hair. They wow. weren't. I got my hair cut two times in boot camp, two they times in a two month time period. They weren't looking like the train wrecks that we came I was looking, looking like, like a ratchet ass. Yeah, I had BCGs, but I did not wear them for my uh, picture. I did not wear them for my graduation picture. I I never, I never had them. I feel a little left out. No, you shouldn't. I never never got BCGs, so. (laughs) Yeah, I never got the BCGs. I'm going to pull mine out. (laughs) You'll have to take a picture. We'll put it up on the website. No, ma'am. No, (laughs) ma'am. No, the fuck, (laughs) ma'am. So, Michael, what advice do you have for veterans now? For veterans now, cling on to the brotherhood. Cling on to the camaraderie. Like, seriously. I know we give each other shit about being in different branches, but we're we're all in the same family. We're all fighting the same fight. And we all hate the Coast Guard equally. True <laughs> story. Cheers to that. Cheers to the Coast Guard. Or Coast Guard, they need to come on and defend themselves. That's, I mean, I'm working on it. But I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're an Air Force veteran or an Army veteran, y'all are still going to connect on some level. And you know, I've connected with, I really connect with a lot of Marine veterans because I was on Amphib. Yeah, but yeah. they try to tell me, oh, you know, we're we're the men's department. I'm like, well, my ass really is Navy equipment. Oh, well, hey, thanks for the Uber ride. Yeah. What <laughs> assholes y'all wouldn't have gotten anywhere if it wasn't for us anyway. So yeah, right. they and outnumbered I, us on the Tarawa like three to one. Oh, I can imagine. It was wild. They were good people, but like they didn't do much but go to the gym and eat. <laughs> so, and- like when they were on board, like we knew we couldn't get in the gym, and we knew that like we had to have a hookup in the galley or we weren't going to eat because they didn't have nothing else to do, but wait in line all day to get in there or take up all the computers in the ship's library. Yeah. We didn't have that issue. We didn't have computers. Well, we did, but they didn't work. We never had internet. Didn't matter. No, no, our ships, no, our computers worked and there was all full Marines. Like, ain't y'all got something else better to do? Like go, go have a circle jerk or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they were special, those Marines, but yeah, they... Okay, but we can talk about them and just like, but I guarantee you, if you go up to any Marine veteran right now, they're going to have your back just as much as you would have theirs. Absolutely. Oh, oh yeah. Without a Absolutely. doubt. Absolutely. You know, it's like oh, your, yeah, your brother be... or sister that you fight with all the time, but like, don't let anyone else mess with them. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, though, those, those damn Marines, both deployments... When we offloaded them in Kuwait for whatever, you know, month little exercise that they're doing over there in the giant sandbox, they took all the forks off the mess decks for their MREs. Yeah. <laughs> I came prepared and I had my own fork. So 
they offloaded them and everybody's bitching how the hell am i supposed to eat this spaghetti with a spoon i'm sitting there twirling around on my fork man i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fucking awesome yeah. that's an awesome story we had like full sets of silverware up in our space that we kept in a locked drawer so no one could take it like it's a commodity that and salsa like anytime we got any whether it was like tabasco or texas peat or like whatever they brought on the shipment like that was the first thing to disappear off the mess deck so like we had that in the locked drawer too oh me and uh me and two of my buddies i worked with and deck we shoot we became brothers we actually all three of us got this tattoo yeah we all three got that tattoo uh we had one rack that nobody had that we had filled up with stuff that we'd get from care packages monster cases uh <laughs> ubers pb and j i don't even know like what all else we had stocked in there it was just like our own little convenience store yeah the nice thing was on um, the Tarawa, there was only seven of us in my division. We were air traffic controllers and we, right. what I called the broom, like we worked in the broom closet because it was this tiny space on the six deck and uh, the O six. We had deck plates oh. where all the wires from our radar ran. So we had, can't even tell you all the crap we had stashed in those deck plates. We had a locked door, like we had a cipher lock and because of the nature of our job, the CO didn't even have the cipher code. Like he had to knock to come in too, because if he got upset about the way that we were handling an airplane, we didn't want him to come in and distract us from controlling. So, you know, he would, right. have to, so we were not controlling to talk to us or whatever. So like no one could get into our space without us letting them in. And so we had, we had all kinds of weird stuff stored in there. <laughs> like, there's probably still stuff under those deck plates in Hawaii, like decommissioned right now. Oh God, all moldy and fuzzy. Oh and yeah. <laughs> but we, yeah, we had we had all kinds of stuff. So we had, I don't even know. So we, but like all of our civilian clothes for ports and like all of our extra crap that we wanted to bring on, we didn't even have to put in our rack. We just kept it under the deck plates. Hmm, all right, that was convenient. But you know, we weren't we weren't the shady deck department. I know that they had some they had some sketchy people, and like I'd be scared to leave things down in the deck department for sure. But it was bigger. Deck department was a lot bigger on the Tarawa, right? But there were some really great people there too that like I hung out with all the time. Like they were super fun. Now I got a question. I have a question for y'all. Is AC? Are y'all the ones that are up there writing on that <sighs> backwards too? Yeah, or, we ride backwards. Uh, okay. That's what our airman did. Oh, all right. Yeah, that was our airman's job was to ride backwards. It's all, like, on the newer ships, it's electronic now, though. It's like a loss, like a, a skill that's going away. Yeah, it, that, that is a true skill to have, to be able to write backwards like that. Like, holy yeah. crap. Like, fast, too, because you have to do it as, like, they're talking into your ear. So the pilots Ooh. come in and they check in and they give the information and you're writing backwards on the board so that the controller that's at the scope can see what you're writing. Yeah. It's wild. I'm Did you have that? That was the question that he asked what an AC was. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm always like, we're not the ones with the wands. <laughs> I got in trouble. I got in trouble on the internet for clarifying that to someone and I wasn't even attacking them. I was just clarifying. <laughs> hey, we don't do this. Yeah, no. No, we don't do that. I always tell people to watch Pushing Tin if they want to know what an air traffic controller does. Michael, if our listeners wanted to to find you, where can you be reached? Well, one, just like how y'all reached out to me, TikTok. I'm also on Facebook, Michael Doss, and I'm on Instagram. If you search my name, it may pull up two profiles because I have one that I use and I will admit I am one of those ones that started an Instagram for my truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If you search my name on Instagram, you might find two profiles and join, follow either one of them. I don't care. But like I said, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, those are really the three that I'm on. All right. We will put that in the show notes too. So if anyone has any questions for Michael or want to hear any more of his spirited stories from his time in San Diego, give him a line and, and have him chat with you. Amber, do you want to talk about our charity a little bit right now? 
Sure. So the charity that we have chosen to promote and talk about is the Tilvahala Project. Our podcast is to bring about mental health awareness, to bring about the 22 a day. I'll say it in every podcast. I got my bracelet on. I wear it faithfully. It does not come off. Sometimes it gets caught and I get mad and have to fix it. Yes, the Tilva Hall Project and their whole mission of mental health with veterans and the fact that there are 22 veterans that kill themselves every day. Although that number varies, it's still a statistic that is too high no matter what that number is. Exactly. Absolutely. If you would like to contact Amber or myself for any reason at all, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drink and Vodka. Or you can email us at veteransdrinkandvodka at gmail.com. Please reach out if you would like to tell your story and be a guest on our podcast. You can send us an email at the Gmail or DM us on any of the platforms that Amanda mentioned. If you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, or Amazon. Also, leave a review and let us know what you think, good, bad, or ugly. We're kind of new at this podcast thing, so your feedback is critical. Super important. We'll take constructive criticism. Constructive um, criticism. Extremely well. (laughs) Give it all to us. You can also join us every Sunday for Veterans After Hours via Zoom at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Michael, I hope that you will join us on this week's and next week's and any other time you find it necessary to come on there. I know you have some more stories, and I know there are people that would love to hear that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We, on these Hangouts, we're hanging out, telling stories, sharing resources, and meeting new friends. It's a good time, so we invite everyone that would like to participate, civilian, enlisted, or veterans, especially the veterans, to come on and and hang out and see what happens when a bunch of veterans get together. Yeah. (laughs) Come come find out. It's an adventure. Always an adventure. Yeah. Sometimes it's a shit show. (laughs) But we also do want to remind everyone listening that 22 is 22 too many. One is too many. And you are never alone. Veterans drinking vodka. Cheers. Cheers.